right, welcome to another episode of the Streaking Lawn Podcast. Once again, my name is Pierce, and once again, I've got Zach Carey with me today. Hello, Zach. Hello, Pierce. How's How it going? are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm Tired. good. Yeah. It's holiday weekend, and then work. Yeah. We're both mm. we're both worn down right now, but mm. you know that doesn't that doesn't uh, our our enthusiasm for the UVA football team is not worn down, <laughs> especially is- after Saturday. There's no uh there's no special guest this week. It's just you and me. Maybe that yeah. has something to do with it. Well, it's like last year all over again. We don't oh. well, we don't have to be like excited for anybody, you know, <laughs> just kind of like well, here you go, folks. Here's tune in for uh us to to run through some numbers because I think that's gonna be a lot of what we get to today. But hopefully you're as excited as we are to be uh correct about picking a win over uh the Richmond Spiders and just to be in the win column in general which not all of our in-state friends can say. So, you know, uh, we'll get to some ups and downs, of course, and and it wasn't perfect, but at the very least, starting your coaching tenure with a W is better than starting it with an L. So uh, shout out to Coach Elliott for getting the team across that winning finish line. And Zach, I know there were a lot of updates this week, or, or today, really, uh, going into a much much more difficult tests on the road uh, against the fight in Illini. So I know there's a, a bunch to get to get there. What, what do you want to talk about first? Yeah. Um, yeah. So Tony Elliott had his presser today. And so, I mean, we'll, we'll get into Richmond in a, in a minute, but um, just a couple of uh, names. Um, so Jonathan Leach left tackle was available in an emergency situation mm-hmm. against Richmond. And I believe it's sort of a, day-to-day see how he's doing mm. situation um i think that they're fa- fairly confident in mikhail Boley to that, that, you know that he did he, he showed some stuff against richmond so that they're not going to rush leech back gotcha. um which is a good sign that said having him there as probably um one of the more experienced guys in uva uniform on that line uh would be nice and then in the among the running backs Ronnie Walker is now a full go. He, oh, okay. um, it's he's not a hundred percent, but he's cleared for everything, um, and so it's basically just to the extent that he can play through the discomfort. Um, and then Cody Brown is also back, and I believe a full go. So UVA goes from having three active running backs uh, to five, which is a good thing, especially considering that Mike Hollins looked like how everyone's been talking about him through fall camp in the sense that he just didn't look that good and, and missed some assignments and pass blocking mm. fumbled the ball in the end zone. I'm not sure if they actually counted that as a fumble um, and a recovery, but still like, let's not get the ball punched out of your hands when you're at the one. Um, and, you know, just didn't hit holes like Paris Jones did. Um, and so I, I obviously we'll get into that, but yeah, running backs um, back to full strength. UVA didn't release a depth chart because Illinois didn't. Um, so a little bit of game, gamesmanship there. Um, that said, I would expect Josh Ahern to take the starting outside linebacker spot. But other than that, and then I guess um, Antonio Clary um, will take the spot uh, at safety that Lex Long was listed at as a starter. I think they were worried about Clary going into Richmond because he was a little bit banged up. It turned out that he was fine for that. Um, but nothing huge on the depth chart per se. And, you know, we can, we can jump into Richmond. 
All right. Well, it's your wish is my command. We will jump into Richmond with um. I think in general, I want to run through some ups and downs before maybe we highlight our our, our awards uh, for the day. But you know, for me, the the highlight is going to be seeing Lavelle Davis back, seeing him yeah. lead the team in receiving yards. Obviously, the the touchdown play was a lot of fun. Um, making defenders run into each other despite brian leung criticizing the throw on the play er erroneously uh and 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 then when when being shown how how it was a good throw from highlights no comment uh in his reply in our communication so calling out brian because he doesn't listen to this i bet <laughs> and we'll see this will be the you, test you, you don't think he does this will be the like, test does yeah. brian leung listen to the podcast <laughs> and we're only five minutes i've so said his like, name yes, a yeah. number of times and i'm and i'm criticizing him so uh if you're out there no cheating kyle i know you're listening you're not allowed to text him and tell him to reply okay so this is this is a, a a circle of trust between you all who are actually listening and uh and and Brian. But anyway, uh great great to see Lavella out there. I mean, I know it's coming out in the round table, but it'll be off repeated this week and hopefully for the rest of the season. You get all this off-season hype about the receiving duo in Thompson and Wicks, and it's absolutely warranted because Thompson and Wicks are both really, really good. But yeah. I, you know, I think only UVA fans really remembered Lavelle Davis is also really, really good. And yeah, and got and got more snaps than Keaton Thompson. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it, it's it's he's going to be, I think, after Wicks, easily the second best receiver this season. Yeah, I mean, I think wonder... he, I mean, at least in terms of yards and. And touchdowns, probably. Yeah, yeah, and they play different points out there. You wonder who, right. who's Tom, is Thompson? Is that sort of cut in Thompson and Kemp sort of battling for, right. for snaps because you're not going to have as many four sets um, as you did necessarily as last year, you know? And right. Though no Jelani Woods though, so I mean we've got tight ends, but they're not maybe the focal point. Um, it'll be interesting to see who leads in targets. Uh, week to week um, I know Wicks led in catches this week uh, we can all go ahead and rattle off the numbers I promise I, I said I was going to rattle off some as I always do so Wicks had six catches for 47 yards uh, Lavelle Davis four catches for 89 yards of course that 56 uh, yard catch is, is the majority of those on the touchdown Thompson had four catches 55 yards Kemp three catches 25 yards so spread it around a uh, couple uh, tight ends with the catch. It was cool to see Luke Wentz, who's been in the program forever, it feels like, yeah. um, get some some early playing time and a, a catch there. And then Paris Jones out of the backfield uh, had the touchdown that he almost dropped. Uh, like I don't mean times. that as a criticism, yeah. <laughs> but just as a everybody watching was like, Whoa, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, pulled I mean, it the in. The funny thing about that play is that Elliot even said Jones ran the wrong route. <laughs> and so he was essentially supposed to run a little shallow route and he was just going to be, you know, Brennan's last check down. Um, and it was essentially, it was a pre-snap that they realized that Des Kitchings, Brennan, and I believe Paris Jones realized that uh, essentially they did, the defense didn't, bump, wasn't going to bump someone over uh, mm -hmm. to match up with him because they were in man. And so, whether it was his intuition to curl into the end zone because he uh, knew it was open um, or not, 
Brennan found him and he essentially said, um, cause I asked him about it, asked him about it afterwards. He was like, yeah, I knew the ball was coming f- to me for a while. Essentially. I, I think he just thought about it too much because he just <laughs> knew that it was coming. Like he, he like for like yeah. 10 seconds was just thinking about making the catch. Um, and that's a guy who's n- never caught a pass before this game in, in, in a UVA uniform. I don't, I don't think he's, uh, actually had her something three he rushes who's a, a defensive, defensive back, back. Yeah. Um, so it's understandable yeah, yeah. uh that, that the nerves should be there but yeah i mean i think it's it's interesting um just looking at the snap count like grant mish had more snaps than both keaton and billy kemp and only mm-hmm. two fewer than lavelle which obviously probably uh speaks to their UVA's commitment to, to running the ball because Mish is not the threat, um, obviously, as you said, that Woods was and really doesn't quite have the same just athleticism to get into the open field. And, um, I mean, he, he's, a, he's, a, he's a blocking tight end. Well, he had a pretty that. bad drop, I think. I remember that, that too. Yeah. yeah, no, he doesn't have the hands either. Um, I mean, he has he has fine hands. He's just he's not Jelani <laughs> Woods, which is fine. I mean, very few people are, yeah. He was special. Um, right. Uh, but still, I think, you know, I think I would personally hope that Keaton would be a more focal element of the offense. Yeah. And I think he also gives you some physicality potentially as a blocker. Um, and I think that that was something interesting. And I know we were rattling off stats, but just it, it didn't seem like the receivers were honestly that involved in the game. It mm-hmm. just like no one had more than six catches, Wicks with six. And then I think everybody else with four or fewer. Um, which again, it's different than Brennan throwing the ball 45 to 50 times a game. Right, right. So, yeah. It, he only throws about... it 33 times, completes 21 right. of those, spreads, you know, spreads it around pretty decently. Right. And they were up multiple scores for most of that game. So it makes very sense. Very true, very true. Um, uh, um, but... You know, you hit on Paris Jones. Obviously, he was a highlight to really look the part as, as far as a guy who's uh, not just finding the right gap, but you know making people bring him down for such a, a slight <laughs> looking individual up up in the in the trenches yeah. there uh jones looked hard to tackle um i you know he had that one real uh nice juke uh is probably his biggest highlight there but even just the physical ability to take a while to get tackled after contact um was impressive from from jones and just seemed like a good answer you sort of immediately like you said if Hollins looked like everything in the offseason we heard about him Jones did as well like there's a reason he's taken this uh starting spot now there's no reason that Hollins couldn't get more and more playing time if he improves and there's no reason that like you said the guys coming uh, back from injury Brown and uh Ronnie Walker might eat into that as well but I think everybody's got to look at what Jones put out there on Saturday and go, this is a capable starting running back for a team that's actually trying to utilize that position again. Absolutely. And and I think that we talked about on this podcast multiple times was the Paris Jones hype motivation for Mike Collins was the coaching staff just trying to say like, Mike, you got to seize this job if you want it. Um, And I don't think that that was the case. I mean, I think that, you know, as you said, Paris lived up to the hype. He's 5'8", but 180. So where he's uh, short, he's fairly built for being Mm 5'8". And, you know, he's, this was sort of the story that I wrote after the game. 
he's got the potential to be a three down type of back. I mean, you know, El- Elliot and Kitchens, Kitchen, Kitchen, gosh, Kitchens uh, in particular um, said that he could be a three down back, just just yeah. straight up um, as a pass blocker. I mean, he had one on like a third and 10 in the first quarter um, where he just picked up this blitzing linebacker. Um, you know, he didn't level the guy or anything, but that's, mm-hmm. that's not what she wants. That's a, mm-hmm. not what you need from him. Right. Um, and I mean, he didn't miss an assignment later in the game that I missed, but that Elliot noted, but you know, as a pass catcher, as a guy, maybe, and they're not going to run a lot of, uh, you know, screens for running backs but as a guy out of backfield he could be like a go-to 20 carry a guy type of running back 20 yeah, carry a yeah. game type of running back sorry I, I too many classes and too much homework but <laughs> well, uh, he had 19 against Richard he had 19 back, you know, so. and and he can stay in there on third down mm-hmm. um and frankly I think he'll get only more snaps I mean he was Hollins had 30 Jones had 44 uh, and some of that is just probably that they they pulled Jones a little bit late and, and want, wanted to give Holland's opportunities. But as you said, I think that Walker in particular is going to take snaps away from Holland's, but Jones is probably going to stay right about there and, and, and could be that guy. I mean, yeah, it's Richmond, but he showed stuff that no other UVA running back has shown in a while, even against yeah. a Richmond. Well, Richmond's not that bad. I no. Mean, not making any excuses. UVA should be expected to easily beat Richmond, and it wasn't easy necessarily. Um, no. We could talk a little bit about some some lowlights. I think um, one that drove all of us crazy on Twitter, and I, I don't know if anyone explicitly asked Coach Elliott today or, or afterwards they did about the end of the first half. It's not just that they didn't, try and score some points which i think we all would have preferred but if you're not going to try some score some points why are you running plays that get your most important player brennan armstrong a shot in the ribs like that's fine he's the quarterback he's going to take shots in the ribs but then you follow that up by continuing to not stop the clock and try and score points like you're trying to get some yards and run these plays and see if they work but then they worked so then why didn't you go ahead and try and score some points right I mean Elliot so basically someone asked that question both after the game on Saturday and today and after the game he essentially said that he just wanted to see if they could break a big play in the running game and then if they did, then they would try and score points, but otherwise they were just trying to conserve the lead. Today, he kind of doubled back, and, and it was just like, I regret that. Essentially. Yeah, okay, I don't think that's he, better. I, not in so many words. <laughs> right. It is his first game as a head coach. Like I think he he looked back at that and was essentially just like, what I, I got to be gutsier. And he even blamed himself. Um, he talked about the middle eight minutes of the game uh, mm-hmm. where – in the last four minutes of the half, yep, they yep. could have put more points on the board. And then the first four minutes of the second half um, was where they, I believe they turned the ball over twice on the first two possessions and maybe punted on the third. And then Richmond got back into the game a little bit. Mm-hmm. And he blamed that actually specifically on them taking it easy in, in the, their Wednesday practice, which I don't know if I totally buy. He said huh. like Wednesday's the middle of the week and that was the middle of the game was essentially what he was saying. Yeah. Football coaches are football coaches, but... <laughs> You are right. It went it went two plays for a fumble. Richmond scores a touchdown right yeah. at, well, a few plays after that. Three plays interception. Richmond missed a field goal. 
then yeah. you punt and then the game sort of turned once once uh richmond went for it and turned it over on downs yeah thereafter uva managed to score uh get it back to a 17 point lead right. um with a non-converted that would that, that would be the last score of the game actually because um they missed the extra point and uh no one else scored after that so it took a little bit in that second half to feel comfortable i think um once they once they stretch it out after uh that defensive stop and and touchdown for the who's you sort yeah. of expected to see wolfolk at some point and and we did um I don't, you know, garbage time, and you look like a guy who knows how to play football. So there yeah. you go, Jay. Nothing, nothing notable, and I don't mean he that also plays baseball. Way. Did you know that? No, I know. Yeah. Yeah, but I've seen him look like a guy who knows how to play baseball. Yeah. But um, last You're year, he looked, Notre he, Dame game well. Then he looked a little, uh, a little deer in the headlights last year, which I would assume he would admit to. But uh, anyway, uh, you know, no major takeaways from garbage time. So back to uh, the the highs and lows another low would be the run defense i think is a pretty pretty easy one to point to um you know i said this in our uh uh, roundtable article that's gonna come out but uh i want to say it here in audio format which is we all knew last year's run defense was atrocious yeah we all knew that there needed to be some patience with the new coaching staff and and to a degree roster turnover but honestly the roster turnover is a benefit because there's there's just more guys (laughs) that play there so you would think that that depth would help a little bit though none of it is like there was no like five-star nose tackle transferring in or something like that so nothing to be like oh we've solved the problem but you would you'd be optimistic with a little depth and a little more experience of course Anyhow, it's sort of exactly what we expected it at, in a pessimistic view was it's yeah. going to take a while for it to improve. It was just sort of disappointing to see it look exactly the same on a lot of plays. They got some stops here and there. I mean, you can point to some big, important stops, too. But yeah. there were just too many huge runs up the middle from uh, a Richmond team that, again, isn't the worst team in the world and is probably better than ODU. But still... Yeah. Uh, you should uh you should expect to at least be able to control that mo that point of impact right in the middle of the the uh, trenches there the offensive and defensive line and they gave it up way too much. I I don't really know what to pin it on and I bet um coach was asked about it plenty and it's it's it, it, like we said it's going to be a work in progress. I just don't know what you can really point to to say how is this going to substantially improve against better competition which is essentially the rest of the schedule i will say so listen it was bad of the two running backs that uh richmond that that got carries for richmond they they had 30 carries for 165 yards that's a 5.05 yard per carry average yeah that's not good but no their longest run was 20 yards yeah and uh, in terms of the defense as a whole, their longest passing play was 17 yards. Again, it's Richmond. But one thing that really hurt the defense last year was the big plays. And when Elliot was asked about what he thought on the running defense, I, he was he was blunt. Like, Elliot, I'll just say this, is absolutely amazing at press conferences. Maybe it's because he's All a first-year right. head coach and isn't as jaded, but he's so honest. And, like, and like if 
just watch them just because he's, he's honest and, and gives a lot of information. But um, if there's a positive for the defense, it's the fact that they didn't give up big plays. Granted, Richmond was not trying to air the ball out. Okay. But I also do think that UVA's pass rush was getting there. And I think that yeah. had um, Adinsky or Udinsky, I, I don't know how to say his name, if he was taking more legitimate dropbacks and trying to air the ball out more than six yards down the field, I mean, his, his average um, like target yards would like something like five and seven yards, like average completion, average target. Um, and so they were not trying to throw the ball that far and they weren't getting much out of it. And, and I think that in terms of the D line, they're going to be better as pass rushers than they are in the run defense. Mm -hmm. And then it's a matter of that consistency and not letting other teams um, gap them for huge plays. Like at the end of the day, it's, it's one of the weaknesses of the team is going to be the running defense and that's not going to get fixed. And I think that that's, I, I think it's, it's a shame because we came into the year saying, Oh, this defensive line, there's a lot of guys that could take jumps and a lot of depth and a lot of guys from the transfer portal who we haven't seen play before and maybe with a new opportunity and a new system could do better. Well, it wasn't maybe obvious. they will. Maybe they will. <laughs> maybe they will over time and maybe it was game one and that we should, you know, account for the fact that it was game one as, ma- as much as it was against Richmond. Um, at the same time, they're playing a 4-2-5. So it, there's no yeah. front seven, it's a front six. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's a tougher sort of situation when you don't have that third linebacker in there. I also do think that Josh Ahern in the game in the second half was a huge difference. Yeah, for that I, running defense. I agree. I and agree. I think that his improvement over James Jackson, J- Josh Ahern couldn't play the first half because of a targeting uh, call against Virginia Tech, which uh-huh. meant that he had to have a suspension, would have served it in the Fenway Bowl. Um, but obviously, you didn't, UVA didn't play with that, so it carried over. But uh. – his impact in the second half was there. I mean, he would have had an interception if it hadn't been for a sub call. He had a couple of, of nice plays. And I think that he's going to be a big improvement over James Jackson um, at that spot. Right. And so he he could add to sort of like that second level, stopping it from making five-yard runs, five-yard runs instead of 12-yard runs um, yeah. and being able to make plays there. And that sort of balances out the fact that, UVA is only putting six guys in the box. Yeah. Uh, play to play. Yeah. Um, and, you know, if we switch over to the, just the passing defense, UVA secondary was a lot better. Yeah. I, again, you know, Richmond didn't try to air it out, but, you know, on 34 passing attempts, only 160 yards. Like, that's yeah. not, that's not bad. Um, and, 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 you know, you know, there are some weapons uh, on that uh, Richmond receiving core. So, you know, the defense, I think positives and negatives. And I All think right. that it's, it, it's going to be better than it was last year. Like it has to be, you, promise? you know, I mean, you know, I hope, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think that there are still good signs. I mean, Fentrell Cypress was, um, this is off of uh Cavs corner. They, they uh, had a post up today with the PFF grades, was of of guys who played like actual like played 50 plus snaps uva's highest graded defender and the fact that our second corner after anthony johnson is doing that even elliot said today that cypress was their like defensive player of the week they're like doing that they're going to go offensive defensive and special teams Um, offense was obviously paris jones special teams was elijah Gaines. i almost said gertrude um and so the fact that cypress is coming on a little bit and you have maybe two corners there and then Darius Bratton um, as the nickel who are 
playing well, it doesn't really matter as much against Illinois, who's just going to try and run the ball down UVA's throats. But um, further down the line, I think that the defense is on an upswing while still having the very obvious issues up the middle. Um, I don't think that the D, you know, as you said, I mean, we don't need to go that much more into it. The D-line needs to be better against the run. But I think that things are going to be better overall this year, especially in limiting those big plays. All right. All right. I, I hope you're right. Uh, <laughs> let us, uh, let, you know, we haven't talked about Brennan Armstrong, which is um, amusing, um, but <laughs> we, you know, it's only been 20 minutes. Yeah. UVA's most important best player, Brennan Armstrong quarterback, uh, Heisman hopeful. I'm calling it Heisman hopeful, Brennan <laughs> Armstrong. Yeah. Start that 246 yards, two touchdowns, one interception, uh, 105 rushing yards though that uh 64 yard scamper for a score was uh pretty entertaining yeah. uh, he he got going you know you were like he's oh. he's quick <laughs> i mean i i turned to to brad franklin after that run and i was like he's a lot faster than i think everyone gives him credit for right. like everyone thinks of him as like this tough runner who's gonna right. try and run through people and put his body on the line but at the same time, like he was out running cornerbacks there. Like it wasn't like, you know, you have the you know 350 pound D lineman chasing. Right, right. Um, and with that run, he broke UVA's yep. um, all time uh, to- total, total yards, yardage. Yeah. yeah yard yardage record. Um, and uh, yeah, he's going to break a couple records coming up. He needs like 450 more passing yards and four more passing touchdowns to have those records which hopefully will come against illinois well let's go ahead and give him our first star because as per tradition brennan is always the, the yeah. third star um but Imagine next year when he's not like what are we gonna uh, do with ourselves i don't, mm, don't want to think about it um yeah. why don't you go ahead and you can have first dibs on your star of the game whether it's someone we've talked about already or not yeah i'll go easy paris jones i yeah. think it, it, it's the fact Without him, this whole, you know, more emphasis on the running game thing means nothing right now. Um, and the fact that he gave us 100 plus yards on the, on the, from the ground or from the running game, that's the first time a UVA running back has done that in almost four years uh, since Jordan Ellis in the Belk Bowl in 2018. So, what? yeah. Yeah. So it's that. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, things are, that's a big deal. That's a big right. deal. And I think the offense, uh, this is not about the, the star, but I think the offensive line wasn't horrible uh, in the running game. And I think that Jones, I think that there's legitimate potential that he is the lead back, the three down back that he could be. And that's absolutely insane as a fifth year walk-on, like former walk-on. Yeah. Like that doesn't make sense. He, as, as we said, he was playing defensive back last year. The fact that he's now in this position is absurd. Yeah, and we we that, that's my fault that we haven't brought up the O line because that was um, in addition to run defense probably our, our next biggest question mark. Um, and I I haven't looked at any like advanced metrics or grading for it just based on my anecdotal watch the game. I was pretty uh, happy with, with the O line's performance. Um, so I don't know if you feel similarly or uh, have any stats to point to. I think it was solid, um, similar article off of Cavs Corner. I think that um, like Bowley and Taylor each allowed some some pressures, and, and while Brennan only got sacked once, 
and then pressure was the result of uh, his one interception. Mm-hmm. Like there was definitely pressure. It definitely wasn't like they kept running particularly clean. Um, but at the same time, I believe four of those guys had their first career starts. Um, I could be wrong on that, but you know you have to take it with a little bit of a grain of salt there. Um, and I think gotcha. the pass protect. I think I think the running blocking was better than the pass protection. Um, and, uh, Noah Josie was a guy who in a, like 16 snaps or something had the highest, um, offensive PFF grade just off the same article on cash corner, um, which you all should go read because I've mentioned it like five times now. <laughs> um, so, I mean, he had a, a, these numbers mean nothing, but players on PFF are graded zero to a hundred basically off of like pro potential from that one performance, his run blocking grade was 87.6 where his pass blocking grade was 57.6. I think that essentially holds not to the exact same extent for every player, but that the run blocking was better. Mm-hmm. And I think we saw that than the pass blocking. And that was also probably part of why UVA didn't want to air the ball out as much. And they just wanted to get the guys out moving into space rather than getting, having to, you know, drop step and actually deal with people coming at them. Um, in their face a uh, little, right. little rhyme there but yeah i think the offensive line was fine it wasn't disastrous which i think is probably all you're looking for at this point yeah that's what i yeah that that exactly i was i right. was perfectly happy with it i wasn't you know delighted by it or anything yeah. but um uh my star i already said all about lavelle davis but i'm giving it to him because i'm just so stoked <laughs> that, that that he's yeah. back and healthy and making those plays and um i can't think of anyone on defense i want to give my star to so well there you go yeah um, i'll throw ahern ahern right. another yeah guy. no uh, true, yeah, true. Yeah. nothing against that performance oh yeah, yeah it was only half too so yeah yeah, that yeah, you don't get a star for half a year. Okay, um, <laughs> half, a star, half a star. Yeah, the uh, the Who's travel um, to Champaign, Illinois, to take on the Fighting Illini this weekend. Uh, Devito, the quarterback, uh, has done fairly well so far uh, for them. Um, four touchdowns and interception. They've played two games already. They are one and one following a win uh to start the season over wyoming and then a close loss this past weekend at indiana um the metrics would say the uh illini are gonna win uh vegas says the uh, illini are going to win uh they have scored 29 points per game they've only given up 14 and a half points per game um so you know i think the offense favors the who's the defense favors the Illini and it'll be obviously a question of who can score more points but really you know can the strength of the who's make up for the weakness of the defense um you know we already previewed the Illinois team a couple times on this podcast so we don't really have to dig into it it's sort of what I expected to see from them in in highlights and box scores um I I don't I don't think the Who's are going to win, but only because it's a road game and we just have too many questions on defense. I will not be surprised if the Who's do win because Brennan Armstrong and the offense yeah. is capable of winning games against right. mediocre teams and Illinois is a mediocre team. Yeah, I mean, listen, I think I'm sort of switching. I think about a week ago, I said that UV would beat Illinois. I might go back on that a little bit. Just, yeah, I'm, I'm, I might be flip-flopping. 
Whoa. So in two games, Illinois' leading rusher, Chase Brown, has more rushing yards than UVA's lead running back all of last season. Mm-hmm. Um, he has 350 yards and two touchdowns. He had 199 yards against Indiana. The big weakness for Illinois or the big issue they had against Indiana was scoring in the red zone. Um, if they'd if they'd just been minorly more effective there, mm. um, once they got inside the twenty, they would have won that game. All right. Their strength defensively comes in the front seven. So where is UVA the weakest in the trenches? Where is mm. Illinois the strongest in the trenches? And I think that in a Big Ten atmosphere, that's going to matter. I think that on the road, that's going to matter. And listen, if it's very possible that. Brennan starts just airing things out and maybe we can get him moving out of the pocket a bit to um, negate some of the issues with the offensive line. And we can get him throwing the ball down the field to Wicks um, and, and, and Davis and, and maybe finding Thompson over the middle. That said, I think the more likely scenario is that Illinois racks up 250, 300 yards rushing and just kills us. And just like there's nothing that our defense can do to stop it. I think hopefully that won't happen, but I think it's a very realistic possibility um, and I think that Brett Bielema's team is going to be tough enough and physical enough that they might just throw us back um, and, and that that our respective offensive and defensive lines aren't going to do enough um, to, to win the game. I don't know. Yeah. It, it's, it, it seems like they're built to beat us in a lot of ways, yeah. which on the road is not something you want to be dealing with. Yeah. Yeah. Um... They're not, you know, they don't throw the ball very well. Like they, they, they haven't had too much success uh, statistically through the air. And so obviously Virginia is going to know that what can Virginia do other than rely on hopefully a pretty nice secondary to, to be able to focus more on stopping the run. And I guess that's a glimmer of hope is that if we do have to leave guys out there uh, in, in single coverage, hopefully we have the players to do that safely to be able to um, salvage some sort of protection up the middle in the run game. Yeah. And I mean, I, I'm curious if, if they throw in another linebacker at some point, right. just because Illinois is going to run the ball. I think they had 30, I think, I think Brown himself had like 35 carries or something against yeah. Indiana. Um so they know what's coming and it's and Illinois game plan is not super complicated. It's we're going to run the ball. And if you can stop us, you can stop us, but we're betting that you don't. It's also Illinois. So, you know, they're, they, you know, <laughs> we, we saw the game last year, UVA was able to, to, you know, win that quite comfortably. I think if the offensive line holds up and then the linebackers can make some plays to negate those bigger gains, then, um there's no as you said there's no reason that UVA can't win this game and I think that whatever Vegas has it at at four probably makes sense if you're including the three-point bump for it being a road game um but still I I I would put it closer at three I think if this was this game was at home I think UVA would would pull it out um so all right well enthusiasm that's Absolutely. what you came here for, folks. That's that's what we've given you. But you know, hopefully they prove us wrong. And uh if you got Brennan Armstrong, you got a chance, that is for sure. If you've got Lavelle Davis and Keaton Thompson, and Paris, Jones. And Paris Jones, you've got a chance. And and you other guys. Uh <laughs> so we'll be back next week uh to break down hopefully a road victory. Wouldn't that be something if we could uh come back with some some more positive vibes and uh 
really would start to answer some questions about future toss-up games on the schedule if they can if they can look good this week and pull off a win. So we'll hope for that. Uh, until then, stay tuned to the blog for plenty more uh, Richmond coverage and pre or pre Illinois coverage. Uh, maybe maybe some other sports tidbits here and there. There's some good stuff in the pipeline about the soccer teams. Uh, for sure in lacrosse recruiting and maybe even basketball recruiting news so i'm teasing all kinds of things for you to go to streakingthelawn.com and check out uh until next week for everybody at the blog i'm pierce go who's oh.